Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog podcast. Panos here with another Q&A for the week. So um, Erica has DM'd me through Instagram and she's got a question about her cane corso. I'm going to read through it on my computer here and then we're going to go through a few points that I think we can um, discuss and hopefully it helps her out. And anyone else who has any issues that are aligned with the, with the same problem here. I... Um, just like with all of these Q&As, I can't give like a definite, this is what you have to do and this is what you should do. These are all just giving you some pointers and tips because it could be a fact that um, a lack of communication through messaging and also even if I saw on a video, I have to see the dog. There's so much to all of these things, but um, we're just going to do my best and then give you an answer to, to some of the questions. So Erica wrote, just stumble upon your podcast and I love your practical advice. Thank you. Been helping already with our Cane Corso mix. We realized we've been slacking with continuing our training after getting professional training. So thanks for getting us back on track. Would love an episode on tamping down on protective nature of, of big breed dogs. It seems to be at the core of most of our dogs' issues. Thanks. And I asked her, give me a little bit more of a description so I can kind of answer the question a little bit more properly. So she says, so is a Cane Corso mixed with Marimar? Protect the mix with working dog. We... We get him plenty of, we give him plenty of exercise daily and we're working really hard on impulse control, but the protector in his blood seems to override what we're trying to do. Looking out the window and barking at everyone that passes by, when he's outside off the leash, he grumbles or barks at people walking by. Most of the time, if he gets up and to bark at them, we divert his attention, but not always. We also call him the fun police because whenever the kids are in our house or the cat is playing, he goes on high alert and has to go over and investigate. He's very unsure around children and doesn't really seem to know what to make of their tiny bodies and loud noises. So he tends to give to get very anxious and lets out high-pitched yelps around kids. He takes his job as a protector very seriously, but obviously... It's on override, overdrive, and he needs to know he doesn't need to be. Sorry, I'm reading this wrong because it's not enough. Um, because I don't think I see um, a full stop there. So let me go again. He takes his protector very seriously. Obviously, he's in overdrive, and he needs to know he doesn't need to put up with everyone's business or worry about people walking by all the time. He knows his place, but we're still mastering him staying there for a long period of time. Any help or tips appreciated. So, look, a lot of this stuff can get a little bit tricky when it comes to to working with big, strong dogs. I didn't actually get how old he is, and that could kind of help as well, but I did see a photo and he looked mature, so he wasn't puppy. Um, Number one thing is, as always, 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 good management. So if you're don't want him barking out the window all the time. Maybe try to find a way that he can't see out the window. I know that's a real sucky answer, but if he's at home and he's constantly barking at any, any every single movement that happens out there, then first of all, it's going to keep on reinforcing that behavior and then it's going to be hard to try to stop it since 
Every time he barks and that person disappears, he then feels fulfilled. He feels that his barking kept those people away. So that's true. He is protecting off his territory. Um, the cane corso was bred for, you know, um, the working dog in regards to like, you know, um, having that protection of, of his owners and of his pack. So that is very true. And the marama was, the dog that hung out with the sheep so it can kill wolves every time it come on the property to try to eat their sheep. So, you know, you got a wolf killer and you got a guarding dog. So yeah, he, you do have a protective dog and it is in his genetics for him to be protective. However, something that I want to mention is we keep saying he's very protective, protector, he's a protector, it's in his blood. So it's almost like there's an element to your approach to him is that well, that's what he has to do or that's what he does. And we I don't think you're excusing it, but I think it's becoming like the excuse for him, maybe. And again, I could be wrong, so no offense um, intended or anything like that, but just be aware of instead of honoring his protectiveness, try to honor who he actually is and what you actually want. And that may be that when he's inside the house, when you're hanging out inside the, of the house, Look, if he's outside in the yard and he's in the front yard and people walk past and he's barking, I don't actually know if I could get him to stop doing that. And you may not even want him to stop doing that if he's outside. You may like it. You may enjoy it. Some people really do enjoy that. If he's inside of your house and he's and he's doing these behaviors, you can set up a different scenario inside your house compared to being outside of your house. I hope that makes sense. It's not too confusing. Um, so... If he's inside of the house and he's barking at everything that goes past, I'm going to come up with a few different things in my little list here and hopefully it answers that. Um, Also, when it comes to him being around kids and he's not sure, again, I I don't know too much of what's happening here. I don't know. Are we talking about your kids? Are we talking about your friends, kids that come over or family and things like that? Um, And it says here, like most of the time he gets up and barks over his attention. The fumble is because whenever the kids... Whenever a kid is at our house or our cat is playing, he gets on high alert and has to go over and investigate. So I don't know what he's doing. Is he? He's very unsure around children and doesn't seem to know what to make of their tiny bodies and loud noises. So he gets anxious. I'm happy that you said he gets anxious and lets out high-pitched yelps around kids. So, like, I don't think he's being protective there. I think he's just being a bit sooky, he's being a little bit anxious and he's not sure what to do. And because of his insecurity, he thinks that he has to control that situation. So so I think throughout what we're going to go through today, we're going to address some of those things as well. So if he's doing that things around kids, by the way, I'd be super duper watching him and um, and making sure that things don't go, go pear-shaped because you know, it just takes one bad experience for everything to go bad. So... First thing I've got on my list here is good leash handling. So if you're out and about, first of all, have a good, decent leash. If you're going to have him on a collar, have him on a martingale collar, check chain. You may even need to have him on a pinch collar. Whatever's, whatever your trainer that you've worked with helps you out with, or if you have him on a, on a halty, I'm not a big fan of halties, but if you've got good corrective control over your dog, then that's really important. Keep that collar up high so he doesn't lunge and try to bite somebody or jump up on top of people. Collar always has to be up under the jaw and behind the neck, so you have good control over his head. If you can control your dog's head, you can control his body. So talking about effective leash handling is that you don't want anything to go bad, number one. You don't want him to have success with biting. Number two is that you want to be able to control him so you can correct the behavior that if you don't like it or redirect it and try to get him to do what you want him to do without less conflict and without getting frustrated with him and things like that. Have a good um, leash 
like a good quality leash or doesn't break on you. Um, cause again, we're talking about a big dog here and he's lunging at people or he's reacting to people. So you want that good control. And check out on Nutris Pooch's YouTube channel, or you can even go on NutrisPooch's.com. And in the video gallery there, we talk about leash locking, how to have the leash that goes over the thumb so you have it locked in. You don't want to be holding it like wrapped around your hand, or you don't want to be just holding it just standard, just um, just holding it in your hand because you don't want it to slip out of your hand. So if you can lock it in there and have good control over that leash, then when you're out and about or when you're inside the house and you have him on the lead or when there's kids around, you've got good control. Don't reinforce undesirable behavior. Make sure that if there's behavior, like for example, let's use being around the kids, is friend comes over with their kid, they start playing. What I want you to do is not just let him free, be free roaming inside of the house. If he's free roaming and he constantly runs up to the kids and tries to, to assert himself or to investigate and then to stop the fun from happening. I think that's just him showing that, hey, I'm unsure of what's happening here and he's trying to control it. The bad thing there is that if the kid doesn't respond to um, appropriately to the situation or pokes him in the eye or touches him or something happens, I'm just a bit worried that your dog may bite the child. So maybe if it's not your kids and if it's other children coming around and if he's anxious, you've got to make him feel confident. You've got to make him feel that he has something to do. So when it comes to not reinforcing undesirable behaviors, if he runs up and you go, no, Fido, and you go, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't call your dog Fido. Fido's more for like a small dog, right? But it doesn't matter. You go up to, to, to your dog and then you pat him or you grab him and you talk to him. You may be reinforcing that behavior. You may be showing him, yeah, it's exactly what you want him to do. So what I would do, let's talk about the kids real quick, is that kid comes over, you bring your dog inside, you have him on the lead, and you said that you've been practicing on a place command, but we're still mastering him staying there for long periods of time. So if you have him on the lead and you have the bed there, you tell him bed, he goes onto his bed, you have the lead there while the kid's hanging out doing his thing. We mark it, we reward it. We mark it, we reward it, mark it and reward it. Every time that he stays on the position, release him before he normally gets off. So if you can do it for three minutes, but you can't do it for three minutes and 30 seconds, then you release him at the three minutes. You do that 10 out of 10 times, then you move to four minutes, then you move to six minutes, then 10 minutes. And you get my point there go to the next level of duration when he knows he can master it. But the point about this is not just about rewarding him for staying there. You want to be able to have the lead on him and your collar on him. So if he gets off the bed before you've told him to get off, you then say no, and then you apply pressure on the collar until he goes back onto the bed. Again, a lot of these things are very hard to explain through a podcast and through a video, but giving you some ideas of are you reinforcing what you want from your dog or are you reinforcing what you don't want? And if it means that you do your bed command, the kid's playing, you keep it very short and sweet. If he's anxious, get him to come inside, make a positive experience. It only lasts for five, 10 minutes. He goes back outside or into his run, his kennel, his crate, whatever. Um, and then do this as many times as possible so you can start showing him there's rules to follow. You've got to follow me. And I don't want you to take in your own hands what you think you have to do to children and cats and other people because it's obviously unacceptable. And I get that he has got the genetic drive to show these certain behaviors, but I don't want you to think, but he's a protector, so he has to do it. Like try to get that out of your mind and know that he's likely to do it, but he doesn't mean that he has to do it. A border collie may want to chase the car because he's a herding dog, but you don't allow him to chase a car because he's a herding dog. You just got to know, oh, well, I know that he wants to herd things. I want to know that he wants to 
be kicked into prey drive, you need to fulfill them in certain ways. So I hope that answers your question for that one. Set your dog up for success. Avoid too much social pressure. So it's kind of like what I just said there is that if we, again, like when we're t- without seeing the dog or seeing any video is very hard. So I'm just going to kind of come up with random um, from what you've said. Um, let's just say that you're out and about and because um, he says you went outside off the leash, he grumbles or barks at people walking by. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know why he has to be off the leash. When we say he's outside, so I don't know if it means outside in, in your backyard or in your front yard where there's a fence, but if he's like grumbling and barking at people, then have him on the lead when you're outside. Don't have him off the lead when you're out and about. You want to be able to set your dog up for success. Um, if he's off the lead and then people walk up and try to touch him while he's growling and grumbling, go, don't worry, I've owned dogs, I love dogs, and they go and touch him, and he's like, I've growled at you for long enough now, I'm sick of it. You may get a point where, boom, he bites that person on the hand or he lunges at him and pushes him over or something. So um, when a dog's growling and grumbling and barking, it's usually doing it for a reason. So in this case, it sounds like he's doing it because he's giving some sort of warning. He's giving a warning that he feels uncomfortable, that he wants you to move away from. He wants people to move away from him, where if people come and then try to touch him, or if they're just simply walking past and he's off the lead, you have no ways of controlling him. So must be on lead all the time if you're going to be outside of the house and avoid some social pressure. What that means is, is that if I'm sitting on the bench and someone goes, oh my God, I had a dog that looked exactly like him and they come up um, and then they come to touch him. If he's showing protective behavior and then you, someone coming up and potentially touching you or him, that's going to trigger that behavior. So you want to avoid some social situations by being clear, which was my... um. My last point here, but I'm going to make it now. Um, I'm going to bring it up a couple of notches is that communicate effectively to people. So if you're sitting there and someone's coming up, excuse me, you use your body language. If you're watching the video here on our um, Instagram or Facebook, you put your hand down and you go, excuse me, stop. My dog is potentially aggressive. Um, if you come any closer, he'll bite you. You just say that. Even if he's not going to be aggressive, if you don't want someone coming up to you and your dog, you tell them that your dog's aggressive. Stop, my dog's aggressive, he will bite you. Even if it's false, it doesn't matter, you say it, so you can keep that space. Because what I found is when you say, oh, he's a little bit protective and he, and then we start giving this whole like rap story about, you know, like about his whole life. And by the, first of all, by the time you've gone through that whole thing, someone's come up and touched your dog. And also people then think that with good intentions that they go, no, it's okay. I'm good with dogs. I can help you. But if you take on that assertiveness, even use your body language, you stand up, you stand in front of your dog. You use your body language, put the hand down and go, excuse me, stop. Don't come any closer to me or my dog. My dog's aggressive and he may bite you. Um, now, if you if you got any common sense and someone says that to you, you leave the dog alone. If you had any common sense, you wouldn't go touching dogs anyway. But if people are just walking past, that's a whole different thing. But we're just talking more about when people come in to approach and touch a dog or whatever. So, um, which then means have some situational awareness. It's going to be an episode that's going to come out. Um, soon, but we've talked about it before on the podcast as well, is that have some awareness around you. Know where people are coming and things like that. So if you are walking down the street and you want to set your dog up for success, I'm walking down the street and I see that the kids are running on their scooters coming past him and he starts getting amped up, you may want to be able to make some space. You want to be able to get his attention and reward behaviors accordingly. And you may need to correct the behavior that you don't like. You may need to be straight up, 
Don't do that behavior and you give him some sort of correction. A correction can come in the way of giving a quick pop on the lead. If he responds to it, um, it may mean changing direction with a little bit of pressure. Once he starts following you, release the pressure and of course, rewarding him when he follows you. But you need to do something. Again, when it comes to the specific technique, I can't help you right now. Um, just because I have to see you in the flesh for me to give you um, something specific. And I think it's dangerous if I tell you do this now because it may be the wrong advice and then I don't want to have you and your dog in a, in a bad situation. So as again, take these things as ideas rather than word for word because, again, it can get a bit slippery slope um, when, when it comes to taking advice on videos not just for my content from everyone's content especially when you're dealing with a dog that you're showing protective behavior protective behavior is potentially aggressive behavior aggressive behavior means that people are going to get hurt so um so just set your dog up for success and um which my next one on the list here is plan your interactions so if people are coming over if you know that people uh when you're walking down the street and people are walking by you and um and he gets a little bit um, unsure of people or whatever, plan it. Plan what you're going to do when you get out and about. So then in in conjunction with planning interactions, maybe think about rewarding your dog in an existential reward system. What that means is all of the food that your dog earns in life comes from your treat pouch and it comes from training. For the first week or two, it happens from inside your house where your dog's comfortable with, with doing it um, and there's not too many distractions around. And then what you can do is then you go out on the street. You walk down the the walkway. When every time someone approaches themselves, approaches, you mark it. I say the word yes. We then reward it. Um, there's also other videos on Nitch's Pooch's um, YouTube and um, our, our website. We talk about like playing the name game. So let's just say you're walking down the street. Your dog starts moving forward towards somebody and growling and barking or whatever. Apply some pressure on the collar. Start walking backwards and say his name. That pressure's on his collar at the same time you say his name. The moment he looks at you because he's sick and tired of the pressure being on and he knows his name as well, the moment he looks at you, you remove the pressure so you you let the lead go loose and then you mark it and hopefully you have a strong marker and hopefully has a strong desire for the food that you then say yes and he comes to you to get the food. And that's how we're going to start teaching him to disengage from people, turn his back on them and then focus on to you and hopefully he runs to you to get his food. The reason why I'm suggesting an existential reward system is you can have barbecue chicken or frankfurts or whatever that he really likes, but if he chooses not to take the food, the the consequences aren't that bad because he'll still get fed for free later on. But if it, but when it comes to existential reward systems, so food he survives off means that if he chooses not to perform the behavior, he does not get fed until the next training session that could be in a couple hours it could be four hours it could even be tomorrow morning um you give the dog opportunity to eat if he refuses the food then you have to um not feed him don't go home and then give him the food for free um now let's just say you do the same sort of thing but you're at home you have him on the lead inside of your house and the person approaches another thing you can do again take all of these things lightly because it's very hard to I'm going to give you a different variations of what to do, but it's very hard to do all of them, and it's and certainly hard to know which one is the right one. So food for thought also, is, you mentioned here that you had a professional dog trainer, so hopefully some of these things align with what they were saying, or maybe they weren't aligning, and you can add this to your routine. But you can be sitting inside your house, you have him on the lead, he's on his bed, you're watching TV, someone walks by, he gets all amped up, you mark it, just simply mark it and reward it, even if he barks. Now people say, 
Aren't you going to be reinforcing that behavior? Not necessarily, because I'm not saying good boy for barking. I'm just going to tell him every time we see people, I'm going to start feeding you food. And what you may start seeing is he, and, we, and we've done this before with clients before, is that the dog then sees a person out in the street. And then the dog then looks at his owner, we market and reward it. So we start to show him. So you can also do the name game. You can also practice the bed command. Um, if your dog's barking when there's someone approaching and if you don't want to mark and reward it, you don't feel comfortable with that, you then get the dog by the collar. You can even have a house lead, a very short, you know, 20, 30 centimeter lead. You grab the lead, you take him to his bed and then you reward him for being calm and quiet. And you can get into a good routine. You're setting him up. All of these things aren't going to be like a quick fix two-week thing. It's going to be like a six-month, eight-month, maybe a year-long um, training plan. So you want to commit yourselves to it. Very important. And um, and the last thing that I've got on the list here is um, be confident. So don't get anxious when these things are happening. If you're feeling anxious, remove you and your dog from the situation and then come back to it again. Ways of being more confident is... Of course, baby steps, taking small um, baby steps towards the behavior that you want or towards the goal that you're achieving rather than going to the most busiest place in your area and then expecting him not to react to dogs. But if you can start seeing small progressive steps closer to your behavior, you start to become confident because you feel good. Um, other ways of becoming confident is by um, by like learning a, a, a way to relax yourself. If you're out and about and you see the person coming, he's like, oh my God, he's going to react and he's going to act up. And then you start tensing up and then start putting away too much pressure on the lead or you start, you know, breathing too shallow. You start to hyperventilate, like all these different things. You start thinking too much, clear your mind, change change your direction, walk down someone's driveway, cross the road, do things to empower yourself and start to be more clearer with your dog. And you may need someone to, so maybe if Erica, Hopefully you're listening to this. Um, you can kind of also message me back and we can have some sort of like, I don't know where you live either. If you live in Sydney, we can definitely do training. If you live outside of Sydney, we could do something um, online on Zoom or something. Or we could, um, you can let me know where you live and I have a, a dog training hub of lots of like-minded dog trainers that know people all around the world and hopefully we can recommend someone for you. But getting confident by... Being clear to your dog, use your body language, don't be a victim and don't submit to the fact that he's a protector and he has to be a protector. Um, he is a protector, he's your dog for sure. But I also want you to be clear and assertive with him to show him that there's certain behaviors that are not acceptable and that's just how it is. And I can guarantee you're not going to crush him if you're clear and consistent and if someone does attack you, I'm sure he's got your back, hopefully. You know what I mean? But use your dog as presence. Don't use your dog as being a protective dog to to guard your house. I know that that's not the scope of the question today, but maybe for other people that are listening to this, that, you know, your dog has enough presence, um, let, not to mention the fact that, um, like, even with spades, there was, um, like, he's the sweetest dog. He's never bitten anybody, but me and my best mate were rumbling one day, and... Um, <laughs> We were very drunk, by the way. And my mate, he's bigger than me. His name's Harris. He was on top of me and he was, you know, punching my arms and he owned me. He was dominating me. Spades jumped up on the bed and showed all of his teeth and was growling. I've never seen someone put their hands up in the sky and be like, oh my God, what the hell do I do? So your dogs have good presence in Spades and Harris knows Spades. It's not like they didn't know each other. So um, your dog has that presence, but we do want to show them and you're not going to ruin their protectiveness by 
Like you got to think about what a protective person is. Like if you're a bouncer at a club, you don't just start putting everyone in arm locks and calling the cops on them just because they've walked through the thing. You need to know what's a threat and you got to go accordingly. The marima doesn't see the um doesn't just see an another another animal like another sheep and attack it and he attacks the wolf dog you know what i mean so your dog needs to start to understand what's a threat what's not a threat and the best way for that to happen is by providing structure boundaries and rules keep consistent um make make him understand how to get his food and real quickly i'm just going to go through that list again which i've already talked about is good leash handling don't reinforce undesirable behaviors set your dog up for success and avoid too much social pressure existential reward training i mean rewarding be conf- be confident plan your interactions and communicate effectively to other people so erica i hope that answers your question and anyone else who's listening um give me some feedback on what you think about that if there's anything that i could add to it or you know anything that has benefited you guys but um like always thank you so much for listening to another episode of life with your dog and um you know we're enjoying every single time every single week we're putting something out we're loving it it's having we're having such a fun time um we're still currently in isolation i guess you know we're um we're all in like this lockdown especially in sydney um it's easter sunday today and um and we're hanging low so what what better way to do it is 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 talk dogs and and spend time with um with your loved ones so look have a good weekend keep training your dogs have fun with it and until next time Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.